Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Oh, oh my goodness. My gosh. Cheers, friends. Cheers. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yes, we are very, very, very excited to have you. Don't mind me, we have 6,000 different forms of technology that we are checking in on right now. Literally, sort of, I've been using this reference all week. It's sort of like the Wizard of Oz. Like, it looks very glossy, but behind the scenes, yeah, there's just like a hamster running the whole situation. It's us. We're the hamsters. We're the hamsters. We're the hamsters. Anyway. Thank you for coming, guys. We've got a great show for you today. We've got a great show. This is our new format. You can still get the podcast you know and love every week on Wednesdays, but we're going live Thursday night. These the shows will be were made for TV, obviously. Carrie loves saying that. Oh, and also, mom groups, please do not get mad at us. The reason why we're not wearing a mask yes. is because we're in the same pod with pod people. Yeah. We're pod people together. Our children play together. We, we decided to we're the exclusive, yes. and so that's why we're not wearing Yes. Just so you know. So yes. Otherwise, we keep it safe. Don't worry. So, Carrie, let's tell the people why we started this version of the show. And that's basically, I don't know about you guys, but I am so friggin' overwhelmed. I said friggin'. You said friggin'. I don't know if we're allowed to curse on Facebook. You are, right? I think we are. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I, guess we'll- I mean, we're still on Facebook. <laughs> All right, there you go. Usually there's a delay, though, so we'll be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> But moms have a lot on their plate right now. We certainly have a lot on our plate right now. I guess we add, we decided to add more to our plate. Yes. I don't know what that means, but but at the same time, it's kind of therapeutic. We get to hang out together. We Drink. get to have drinks in these cool glasses. Cool glasses, dudes. Cool glasses. And I felt like, like this. Cool glasses. You guys are probably overwhelmed too. So and this is like the best moms' night out because you can stay in your sweatpants. You don't have to get a babysitter, and we're coming right in. And the booze is cheap. Real cheap. Yeah. Real, real, real cheap. So what can people expect? Well, some of the same stuff you love from our podcast, which we love. It's will be the tits and the shits. We'll have guests on. We'll talk about mom topics, as always, hashtag swag bag and other, I mean, other things we know that you've come to love, like hot goss. Yep. The deal. Yep. All of those favorite things. But what we can really do on this version that we weren't able to really do before is a drinking game. A drinking game. game. Cheers. Cheers. Again, we're just going to keep cheers. Cheers, 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 cheers. So today's drinking game, you will drink or you should drink. Yes. I mean, you should drink the whole time, but you should drink when some story or reference of partners just doing whatever. Now, I'm going to just say shout out to Matt, who is Ashley's partner, Drake, because he is the man behind this, running our sound effects, letting our guests in. So if something gets messed up, you can blame. Yeah, it's not our fault. Not our fault. So today, the Gelman of this whole. Eventually, once we get this whole situation really set up, I think we're going to have my goal, my personal goal, I haven't even told you this, is to have multiple cameras and have like a Mac cam. Oh, that we Matt. can like cut to, and it just shows him sitting there on the floor like he is right now. We're gonna have to do hair and makeup for Matt. <laughs> Not that he doesn't look good already, but you know, it's a little it was studio lighting. Anyway, so today we have a really, really great show for you. We have author Eve Rodsky on, and we're charting, we're charting, we're charting, <laughs> we're chatting about her very, very. I hope life. we're charting. <laughs> we're chatting, and about. I hope we're not charting. Exactly. Ashley might. She's been a little bit regular, too regular <laughs> these days. So watch out, guys. I have diarrhea, so she might have diarrhea. I'm just gonna come out with it on she's the show. <laughs> We've lost followers all of a sudden. But yeah, her book, 
fair play so timely and even more so now in this COVID time. Yeah, we read it not quite a year ago, Just but about. almost a year ago. Yeah. And it really hit us like a ton of bricks. Like I was, I was a little bit triggered. I was like angry the first couple of pages because I was like, how does she know? How does she know about my life? And then just read it and got so many insights that I quickly took to friend my therapist, obviously. But now with COVID, it's even more applicable because we're in each other's faces. All the, anyway, Fair Play is a book about, she'll tell you, she'll tell you way better than we will. Yeah. It's a book about how to sort of divide the household responsibilities and the workload in general in your family unit, whatever unit that is. Yes. And now that we're in our faces all the time, some of those issues that come up, there's no space for them. Like you're not going to leave and be able to have space for your partner. They're there. Yes. And so these things I think are coming into the forefront even more deeply. But before all that, we've got, all right, should we get to do it? Ready? The tips. And the shits. Oh my god, it's so much that better was, when we can look at each other. That was amazing. We were just like eye fucking each other just to get that right. I don't know if you guys ever listen to the podcast. I think I assume you do. You know, he edits that heavily. Thank you, Lee. You're, you're listening. Do a wonderful job. He's watching. Oh yay! Thank you, Lee. He's driving, so it's uncomfortable. Shh! Don't get that right now. Do you want to go first, or should I go first? You go first, girl. All right. I want to drink. All right. So my tits this week. Are I'm just really excited to be doing this. You this know? is Ashley's baby. Ashley really wanted to birth this for a long time. Yeah. So I'm proud of you. You did such an amazing job. And thank you job. for saying that. That's so nice of you. It's both of our babies, though. It's been a fun process and a very stressful one, but we're here, and I think we're going to rock it. motivated it. Ashley to get her basement finished. We are in a basement yeah. right now. Yeah. It looks real it looks good. Really, my shits are about my child. That's what most of the As shits they always are. You know, another week. Another injury for Sebastian. Boys get so many injuries. He's a lunatic. And he even says, I'm a lunatic. Well, Luna's um, an actual lunatic. That's what we call her. Yeah. You really maybe should have rethought that. I mean, <laughs> just for that alone. Yeah. He was running back and forth in my parents' house and just cracked his head on the side of my parents' table. It's very small, but there was a lot of blood. We had to take it to urgent care. I was surprised he didn't have to shave his head. Yeah. When you said he had to get staples, I'm like, oh, he's going to have, like, a little circle. But thing. my mom got staples, like, at the beginning of the year, and they didn't shave her head. Really? Yeah, and hers was long. Was I think with stitches you have to, but I guess with staples you don't, you just know it. And it's really like a staple gun, like, for yeah. Mandy. No, it actually is a staple gun, because when I went with my mom at, you know, pre-COVID this year, afterwards she was like, why'd you let them staple my hair in it? And I was like, I'm sorry, I was not looking. She's like, I can't brush this shit out. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly so her issue. <laughs> She's like, it's going to look flat right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he finally got his staples out, but I'm just really tired. It's three, three, you have insurance. three emergency trips in 2020. With this child. Well, 2020 has been a dumpster. 2020, 2020, It's has been a dumpster It's felt fire. like 2020, 2020. It's been a whole dumpster fire. It really so. has. Tell us about your tits and shits. Okay, so should I start with my tits or my shits? Whatever. I guess I'll start with my shits, I think. So we'll end on a high note. We'll end on some positivity. So my shits are, you can't see because I have 27 million layers of makeup on. And, and God bless this, And the Zoom filter that's happening. I've got cystic acne. And I'm, I used to have it a long time ago. This is going to be my obnoxious humble brag. That should be a drinking game. Anytime I like say something that's outwardly obnoxious, like a humble brag, we should drink. We would be drunk all the time. Here's the queen of the humble brag. So when I was on All My Children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. It's by true. The but I used to get cystic acne a lot, and I think part of it is I was in my early 20s, so it's like hormonal 
craziness. But also, like, so much makeup on my face. Yeah. And stressful, and I wasn't eating as well as I should. All those things. So I think this time around, it's both hormonal, because I've, as I've mentioned on the show, I'm, like, the pre-premenopause situation. And so I've noticed other things, and my doctor has said that she thinks that I'm in that range. I was going to make a very off-color joke. Please. Do you want to? Like a dry vagina? Dry vagina for sure. <laughs> For sure. I was going to say a lot more lewd than that, too. <laughs> My vagina's a little bit. I'm uncomfortable being on camera now it's saying not things, a, it's you not know? A, what is it, a WAP? Yeah, it is not a WAP. It's not a WAP. But I'm using not macaroni in a pot, <laughs> which is the best line of that whole song. But everything is dry. I'm like, itchy. I love macaroni in a pot. Anyway, I'm like, itchy. I'm just moody. I'm sweaty all the time. So if you see me start, I'm like... Hot flash sweaty, but cystic acne. And then the masks are not helping anything. No, because it's like literally right here. Hardcore painful cystic acne that I've covered up. With so many layers. Well, you look beautiful. You would well, never know. You. And then the other shits is that I think because of the cystic acne, now when I'm having insomnia, I'm going down a deep Dr. Pimple Popper hole. Oof. And I like it started out like soothing. I was like, oh, look at that white head. Think, look at I, that black head. I think my sister in law is watching Megan and she's obsessed with that. I can't do it Popper. anymore. I, I was like, the white heads and the black heads are good. But then when it gets to like some of the cystic things, mm. and as I said earlier, she kept calling cysts that she was popping little beans because like a bean shaped nasty. And I was like, I'm going to throw the fuck up. So that's my shit. This is my face that I make. About that. My tips mm. are Luna is at a stage where she is singing all the time. And I know Sebastian sings all the time. Yes. But she was like not a singer before. Right. She's singing all the time. My mom taught her all these nursery rhymes, and I'm not a nursery rhyme person, but she's remembering, like she hears a song and then she sings it, or she does a nursery rhyme and she remembers it. So it's this kind of crazy time where I feel like she's in a big verbal jump and a big like memory jump. That's a really fun period to be in. She just keeps saying everything and then she'll hear like a song on the radio and then I'll hear her singing it later in the day. It happened with Ah Push It. She was like, Ah Push It. Ah Push It. Push it real good. Push it real good. And she was just like eating chicken. And she's like, Ah Push It. Push it real good. And I was like, that's what we played earlier. And she's just remembering it. So it's like so fun. I mean, you guys know. Your kids go through like super annoying phases and super cute phases. We're in the cute phase. We moved out of an annoying phase. I hope the cute phase lasts a little longer than anyway. You'll be back soon enough. I'm sure. One of the perks of watching the live show is we have giveaways that you can't get if you're just listening to the podcast. Oh, I almost couldn't get it out. Okay. Look at this shit, guys. So Look today's shit. giveaway, this in is. honor of our lovely guest, Eve Rodsky, is this beautiful Fair Play gift set. It includes... Ashley's face is no longer going to be seen. I know. Fair Play playing cards. These are all the Fair Play playing cards. A hardcover copy of the book. And two chips. playing chips. So cute. So, First to win this Whoever did this packaging and this whole thing, it's very good. To win, you need to tell us about your husband or partner's most hilarious. We want the funny ones, not the tragic Don't ones. Don't make us cry. No. We've done enough crying for today. Yes. We want the most hilarious partner fail from your partner when you asked him to pick up the slack. For whatever reason. You like can, stuff that you would normally do, but you're like, hey, say, you have a doctor's appointment. Or right. you're like, I'm going to go out with my girlfriend tonight, or I'm going to take a day vacation. Yes. And so your partner had to pick up whatever you normally do. Yeah. Tell us what happened. You need to know what it is. Hopefully it's funny and hopefully we don't have to call the police. And you can leave that in these comments or you can text us. We have a number you can text. It is 
three, five, two, moms. And maybe Matt will get good enough eventually where he will be able to type that in. Harry, yes. do you want a hot goss? Sure. Okay. This is a late in the game addition to today's show. It was like a late at night text. I think it was like a good 10 or 11 o'clock at night that yeah. I texted Ashley. We have got to talk about the end of keeping up with the Kardashians. We're caught up evidently with the Kardashians. They're like, you're caught up. Right. You're We're caught done. up. You you're know caught. everything you need to know. And here's... As you know, we love the Kardashians. I have a theory. Okay. I have a theory too. There's nothing I love more than hot goss. You guys who listen know this. Hot this goss. is like conspiracy theory uh, hot, hot goss. Hot goss is like my wet dream. I believe that Kim and Kanye are actually getting divorced because he is, you know, refusing to take his meds, whatever. And They're moving in different directions. Yeah, they, probably they, they'll say they're consciously uncoupling, whatever. Yeah, whatever. They knew they wanted to end the show and this was like, let's give them a real fucking banger of a last episode. Really? Or last season. Do you think if the plan wasn't to end the show, she wouldn't have gotten a divorce? I don't know with them. I don't trust anything with the Kardashians. I like them. It's one of my favorite, like, I'm sick at home and I yes. fall asleep, but I want to yes. watch something. It's one of my favorites. And, you know, I love reality. I know. Kardashians are not my favorite. I, see, I do like them. It's one of the reality shows I've watched consistently, even mm. when I wasn't watching other reality shows. Yeah, I mean. I do love them. I talk about them all the time. I think Courtney is the main reason why they're ending. Well, that big fight, right? Right. And she she had, out. Yeah, and she had... But Rob got out. Seasons. I know, but I feel like Rob wasn't in it that much anyway. Yes. Courtney was a large part of it. Her and Scott, who... She had a spinoff. She had, like, Chloe and Courtney in Miami right. and the Hamptons I think stuff. that that last season when she said that she didn't want to be on as much, she went in more of a real life, and they said, well, then we're going to dock your pay, and she's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I think that she's part of the reason, and then also... The divorce. Yeah. 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 I really think the divorce is going to be a big thing. And I also think COVID affected them a lot because they couldn't record. They probably took a break and realized probably. what it was like to take a break. and Not was- have your entire life filmed. Correct. You know, I have to say my forever superstar, and I think this is when I kind of stopped watching consistently, Scott Disick. He's I so love funny. Him. He's the funniest guy. I think he's, he's probably, an I asshole. think he's a dick. And I, oh, I, he's I, awful. And I think I would hate him if I met him. Totally. Like, but he for such good television. My favorite, he walked into like Steinway and Sons, the piano store. On the Upper West Side? Uh, I think it was in LA. Okay. And he walked in and he goes, you smell that? Smells like money. And I was like, this <laughs> fucking guy, this guy's my favorite. I do love him. He's he's because just so he ridiculous. feels like what we would be like if we were in a reality show. Yeah, because we're like we don't have a lot of money, <laughs> but let's hang out with people that do, and then be drunk and honest about it the whole entire time, and call people out on their shit. Yeah, I just wish he didn't like all of us. I just wish he didn't like young girls. Yeah, that's, and that's lots of things I wish he didn't like. Me, but also lots of drugs. Anyway, anyway, all right, here and there, keeping up with the Kardashians. I will miss you. You will She'll be in the for 1,700 years. We'll never really stop keeping up with you. Well, shall we? Yes. All right, guys. Our first ever live show and, guest. And not a dead guest. She's an alive She's guest. alive. <laughs> is the woman behind the life-changing system that is helping couples rebalance domestic responsibilities. Please welcome the author of Fair Play, Eve Rodsky. Oh my gosh, it's so long ago that I saw you. I know. It was like almost a year ago. It was literally almost a year ago. And it, that was like Earth 2, that was like Earth 1.0. Yeah. 
I yes. know. That was before. We were different people. That was before the world became a very weird place. I don't know why I'm handing that That's to you. That's okay, because I am obviously the <laughs> Vanna White of this You had said you wanted it before. Oh, yeah, so, okay. so, for those of you that haven't obsessively followed Ashley in our career since the get-go, I mean, obviously, I don't know why you wouldn't have. We were on our other show. We got the pleasure and opportunity to interview Eve right when the book was getting ready to launch. And we had a whole big conversation about how I said in the very beginning of reading this book, I was like really triggered because I felt like I felt like you opened up like the back part of my closet and saw what I didn't want anyone to see. And then as I got further along, I felt like now that we were good friends, you could give me advice. But it sort of felt like that (laughs) moment where your friends like get you a little bit drunk to have an intervention, you know? And, you know, I have really put, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I have really implemented. Cheers to drinks, by the way. Oh, yeah, cheers. What do you, wait, hold on, time out. What are you drinking? So this is um, an iced tea that I added some rum to. Nice. Oh, and your Manny looks fierce. There you go. Oh, thanks. It's sort of a Long Island iced tea right now. We're drinking watermelon margaritas. Oh, yeah, we never talked about that. Yeah, we're drinking watermelon margaritas. Anyway. And I was going to say, is we'll get to it a little bit later in the in our interview, but I've really have implemented a lot of the things that are in this book, and it's been really, really helpful. We'll get into what hasn't been able to work and why, and your yes. advice on yes. it later on. But thank you so much for coming, being our first guest. I'm so happy for you, and I'm really, I love you guys. And I think what was so great about your relationship and dynamic is that you're willing, you ask hard questions. And I think we're willing to do the work. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You read the book. And as an author, like I really respect that because you don't want people just sitting there like lingering or, and mad at you, right? The things that you say, you really want to unpack things. Yeah. I'm really, I was so happy to be your first guest. And I think a lot of authors will feel that, that love of the respect of you actually reading the content and asking thoughtful questions. So thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a voracious reader, which is why we named this the The Montrage Book Club for for Voracious voracious Readers. readers. (laughs) So thank you for being our first read on on the pod. Yeah. And also just thank you for joining us because we love you. And this book has been, this was relevant a year ago, but it's like we'll get into it. Yeah. Also just side note, how one congratulations on your podcast. Yes. Oh thank you. Yes. That that will be coming out in the and well Really in like the late fall. So I'll probably, maybe we can reverse the interview style for them. Reverse the charges. Exactly. You can phone a friend because you know it so well. So I can say, this is the person having this problem. What would you tell them to do? We would be delighted. I'd love if you could be my phone of friends. Yeah. But are you guys okay in California with the smoke? How how are you doing? Yeah, I was actually just taking a meeting outside and it's, it's coming down south. And so you just think about, you know, this terrible year, right? That... We're told to stay outside because inside can give us a lethal lung disease. And now people who are outside are like feeling choked from smoke. So I don't know. It's just. Yeah. What a year. It's a dumpster yeah. fire, literally. Yeah. Dumpster I mean, yeah. at this point, it's just like, a, like I, I can't even actually, I'm going to get political. Trump is going to win at this point, And I'm just going to be like, well, it's 2020 because everything else is going yeah. to shit. Like, I, I, I'm not. What is there to be optimistic? about but i hope that's anyway, not the case let's let's turn this <laughs> let's turn this round upside down and talk about relationships have a drink all right you have just the most incredible background eve you have a ba in economics and anthropology from the university of michigan a jd from harvard law school you worked in foundation management at jp morgan and founded the philanthropy advisory group 
How did all those incredible things, half of which I don't even know what they mean? How <laughs> it means she probably yes. has a lot of tuition debt. And and is incredibly yes. Uh So paying off my college and law school loans. Guys, buy the book. Help her pay off her yeah. student loans. Seriously. So how did this all prepare you to write Fair Play? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I think I'll talk about the opposite way. I feel like all that stuff prepared me to not need Fair Play. Or that's what I thought. So I was one of those cocky people that had a relationship, an equal partner in life. And we took turns ordering dinner. We took turns uh, doing the dishes. Um, We supported each other's careers. Um, So I was in a very cocky way thinking that, well, I'm not sure why people think motherhood is so hard. And I have this great partner. Um, I came from a single mom household, which I've told you guys before. So from nine years old, um, my mother, it's very much like today where I'm just advocating for people to go back to 1980s parenting, but my mother just, she left us, right? I was, we were latchkey kids. She worked nights. I put my brother to bed, but from that early age, I'd say like around like seven, eight, nine, when eviction notices would come under the door or late utility bills, and I would put them in palace for her. I had the foresight to know that I wanted something different for my life and that I wanted an equal partner. And so I really thought I was setting myself up for that. So I look at it the opposite way that I think my background, my being trained to communicate, I thought it would help me. And then so when you, you know, as you guys know, or if you've read the book, right, um, this all started with a text Seth sent me after Ben was born. My second son, Ben, was born. This is eight years ago. The text, I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. I'm surprised you didn't get blueberries. Um, that text, and you can picture the scene, guys, right? I had the breast pump and the diaper bag on the passenger seat of my car. I had gifts for a newborn baby to return in the back seat of my car. I'd opted out of the traditional workforce, which I want to talk about today, because um, somehow I thought that would give me more flexibility. So I had like a client contract in my lap because I'm very analog. And I was like marking it up in the car as I got this text, and there was a pen between my legs. As your milk is. That's it. Uh, the was already expressing. I'm getting the text. Um, the shit was on the passenger seat. I'm racing to get my older son, Zach. Every time I would hit the brakes, the pen that I was marking the contract up would literally stab me in the vagina. <laughs> um, so that that day, the I'm surprised you get blueberries day really made me stop and think because I felt like my marriage was ending. And sort of the cockiness has been gone. But all this having it all means doing it all and all this prep. And the equal partnership I had before, it all went to crap. It just, it didn't hold up. And for me, fair play was an investigation into why. I had all the privilege, all the education, everything that should have made this work, set to be an equal partner in our home. And still, I was the one who held all, literally all of the household and domestic tasks for my family. So much so that I was pushed out of the workforce. And sidebar, as we talked about the last time, you know, I don't, I've never seen your husband. I only know what I've read in the book and what you've told us, but he sounds very much like my husband to me, which means like, not a bad guy, just a guy who, who just, you're still handling most of the work kind of situation. Amazing guy. And I think the guy that's what's so relatable. An amazing guy. A guy who did, I would say, where things felt fair before kids. And yep. so that's why I knew something that I was taught in my early life by my mother, who's a professor of social change, um, she would always quote this sociologist named C. Wright Mills, who would say that private lives are public issues. And that was sort of her life's mission was to bring those as a social worker, those private lives of what she saw in social work to a public issue and community organizing. And so 
right? You have like lead toxic water, right? In one household. Well, that's really community issue around systemic poverty. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was, it's that sort of always sat in my head. I felt like if I had all this privilege and this was happening to me, it was probably happening to other women. And and this is um, why I love you guys is your cultural warriors with me. We talked about that. You are helping it's, it's not my message, right? This is a message of invisible work. This is a message of what's happening. You just say it the best. Yeah. You just say it the best. That's all. Well, you're also telling it the stories. You're telling your own stories. And I think the more we can tell our own stories and make the invisible visible, which I think a global pandemic, yay. The one good thing of 2020 is that invisible is now visible. So maybe we can actually be at a fork in the road, not to send women back um, down the chutes and ladders, you know, to the 1950s, but up that ladder to actual true equity naked children are taking poops on the screen of their dad's conference calls and they understand that it happens it happens we're we're whole people and remember this doesn't benefit men either why fair play became a love letter to men was so many men said to me i do want to take the paternity leave i do want to wipe my kids butts you know and and do the dirty work but i'm also going to be penalized Recently, I spoke to a politician. It was so interesting because we were talking about him being really involved in his household. And he kept saying to me, but doesn't make me a worse politician. Like, I'm still really engaged with my constituents. And I said, well, the fact that you have to feel the need to tell me that it doesn't make you worse is how women feel every day. I have children, but I can still do the job. I have children, but I don't have to leave early. I'm still still committed to the job. So I said, the more men... I get my period, but I can still be the president. Exactly. I I I, I don't need to leave. I don't need to, you know, so it was so cool to see him justify, oh, I'm still a good politician, even though I do stuff at home. It reminded me that women do this on a daily basis. This has been since the industrial revolution. We've had to justify um, our place outside the home. So, so much so that Amy Westerfeld, the best quote ever, right, is her quote that says we expect women to work like they don't have kids and we expect women to raise kids like they don't work. I love that. Yeah. So you sort of have done this a little bit in this conversation, but for those For those of you that maybe have not read the book and how dare you you should have read the book by now, can you give us a little quick synopsis of Fair Play? Yes, I can. Um, I think... I mean, it's hard to like do a quick Yeah, but I'll do really quick. I think we let's just all close our eyes and visualize how condiments got into our refrigerator. So picture your French's yellow mustard, right? Your yellow mustard in your refrigerator. So how did it get there? Well, if you can picture it, somebody, right, had to... My eyes were closed for a long time. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 She's like, oh, I'm taking it out. I'm the invisible workload. I'm super tired. This is the meditation, the mustard meditation, right? Because we're, we're going to meditate and think about something as simple as mustard, right? It doesn't fly there with wings. Maybe it will one day in a drone. But right now, somebody has to know, right, that your second son, Carrie, likes French's yellow mustard on his protein. Otherwise, he chokes right? That's in organizational management. We call that the conception phase. And then somebody has to monitor that mustard when it's running low, put it on a grocery list with everything else you need for the week, other meals that you're going to have that week. That in organizational management is is what we call the planning phase. And then somebody has to actually get their butt to the store to go purchase the yellow mustard. And that is in organizational management, what we call the execution phase. So the core finding of fair play was really this idea that what if it's not really a, a man against woman or a woman against woman, woman against man against man, um, couple dynamic? What if this was a systems fail? Because especially in the hetero cisgender relationships, men were stepping in right at the execution phase. They're going to buy the mustard and they bring home spicy Dijon every freaking time, right? And then and then they still would want like a cookie. Right. And, and you're like, 
I get that cookie now, right? Oh, right, or the the metal cookie or no yeah, cookie. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Or or the the buffalo wing tray and like. But the sad thing was that so many men were then saying to me like, I would do more in my home, but I can't get anything right, right? Or my wife is is nagging me. And then women were saying, I think that's how my husband right. Does. And women were saying, well, um, get anything right because you don't. This do is just right. mustard, right? Like if you can't get yeah. mustard right, I'm not going to trust you with my living will. So as a mediator, what I like to say is the presenting problem is not the real problem. So we're all, you know, we're talking about mustard here. The the home presents really small. I was telling you about blueberries um, that my husband and I were going to split up over like being the fulfiller of his smoothie needs. But it's (laughs) not about that. It's about these bigger issues. Yeah, they are. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's about accountability and trust. That's really what we're talking about here. So that's all fair play is. It's not saying 50-50 is the right equation. All I want is that you have to have a relationship where you feel like there's accountability and trust there for things as little as taking the putting the garbage liner back in and things as big as if you're in charge of the kid's school for the day, that their minimum standard of care, that they're on their logins, that they're getting their stuff done, right? That you can have, trust your partner. To follow I like through. how you just switch that for COVID times. <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and actually I have some new COVID data for you guys that I brought from some surveys since we saw each other last. Oh, hit us with it, hit please. Us. So I did a survey. So back to my analog. I like to write things up. I'm an analog person. Yeah. So, so yes, this was online survey, but um, I got the, I have my analog results here. So just to finish it up, why does mustard matter? Because when you actually hold the full conception planning and execution, the ownership, then everything changes. So all fair play is, is an ownership mindset. You may have heard of the growth mindset, you know, the power of yet. You may have heard of other mindsets. I'm asking for an ownership mindset. So what am I asking you to own? Well, fair play is a metaphor, right? There's a hundred cards that can make up your, your home deck. Hopefully you're not playing with all of these. So what I did was I went up and I asked couples over a hundred couples during COVID of these hundred cards, what are causing the biggest fights in your home? So what's causing the biggest consternation in a typical home right now? So here's what I learned. This is the dirty dozen. And you can tell me if this resonates with you or if you think I'm forgetting anything. So people circled laundry, uh-huh. groceries, yep. meals and snacks for kids, yep. home supplies, like who's getting the masks that actually fit children and hand sanitizers, yep. tidying up, like crap all over the floor and not because we're all in the same space. Like the, that's our big one. Yep. Um, cleaning, like who's actually scrubbing the toilet, dishes um, and garbage. So that's if you don't have kids. And then you add that's in people who don't have kids. That was for pe- that's for people who don't have kids. Okay. So I'm going to add in four more that people identified if they do have kids. So okay. that's also if you have kids too. These are problems. But yeah, if you don't yes. have kids, these were also problems. <laughs> and then you add in if you have children, um, discipline and screen time for your kids, negotiating that homework, which has now become homeschool. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching of children, who's actually doing the watching of the, of the, whether it's a toddler or even a teenager who may be escaping quarantine. And this one was the most interesting to me because I was surprised it made the top 12 out of all 100. And that was stress and fighting over the social interactions for kids. Mm. So house parties, Zooms, mm. seeing, are, do your friends get to see each other on a bike? Or is there a pod? Are you going to do an after school walk with a friend? Are you not allowing anybody in? So all that stress around Social interactions. I was surprised that that was one of the top 12. I've seen that amongst my friends. You have? I'm trying to figure out, yeah, both with the husband and wife needing to be agreement about it and then how they think that it should be handled with the kids 
and then also how they negotiate that with the kids. So it's like a it's like a three tier. It's like agreement of the husband and or I I, I don't want to say husband and wife, but agree, agreement of the two parents. Yes, yes, yes. Then also agreement between parent and kid, and then accountability for how that kid is handled. And imagine if you're not in the same household. So if, imagine if you're co-parent. Divorced parent, yeah. Yeah, it's really like tricky then too. So let me ask you this because, you know, I have a three-year-old. This is his first year of real school and it is a doozy. And, you know, my husband is working during the day. I have the flexible schedule. So I handle the homeschooling. Every day there's an argument with my son. I think that's kind of universal with a lot of kids. Yeah. 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 But I mean, at least with not toddlers, you don't have, to, you have to sit there with the toddler right. on, on school. 100%. Like, an older kid, they can do their own thing. A toddler, you have to be there. They can't function. Of course. Right. So every publication has talked about how in this time of COVID, you have to pick whether you're a mother or you're a working parent or just, you know, somebody working. Are you a worker? Yeah. Or are you a nurturer? Yeah. yeah. So, so can't have it both. Ways. What's your take on that in all of this? Well, I think it's it's a really interesting take on things because there's been we track this stuff. I love tracking articles. You know, I so, love that you're such like a data nerd. I I love, yeah, I'm really a data nerd. There's 350. I can send you them if you want. We have a 350 article spreadsheet since March 8th that basically says coronavirus is a disaster for feminism, right? And it is, but what I want to say first is that I think it's really unfair, right, to think of this as an individual problem because this is where you actually see the systems failures, right? The fact that we don't have a safety net for society that we um, and this has been happening to other people before COVID. It's right. just now the the flat the the big spotlights on how it's happening to everyone. It's yes. a leveler, exactly. This has been happening in single parent households or throughout but now we're seeing the spotlight shine that it's a leveling field absolutely in a way i think that it's really positive because i think when it's just the part of the population that doesn't have as much political power then you get a lot of one household earners right and and, in more middle class and upper families you had a lot of dual household earners so if we all go back to one household earners maybe we are starting to level the playing field so i don't but but i think more importantly is to really understand that this is a system issue this is back to the public private lives or public issues right this is not about you and yes of course this is about um but what i think is so beautiful is you're still doing momtourage here you're still a cultural warrior ashley you're still you know you're sharing your, yourself with the world. That's what's actually linked to your mental health right now. That's actually what's linked to your identity um, during crisis, the creativity. So what I would say is that um, if that's something where you can afford to have that flexibility, then I would say like, just don't give up this, right? I'm so glad you're doing this creative process during this time. This is, you have to guard your time like diamonds for this. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say that- think Thursday nights are becoming the like- I love no, nothing can block Thursday <laughs> night. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that you want, you also need to want to push your husband to be a cultural warrior to say, I take over at three. I can't take work meetings after three yeah. on Thursdays because then maybe you can get two hours in earlier of self care and then maybe an hour in to start planning whatever your next. We're just going to like you're right here and talk about keeping up with the Kardashians for two hours. Before, Absolutely. You know? <laughs> but maybe right. So when you do your pop culture E hour, you know, right. Uh, <laughs> Um, but so I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that, yes, there is a really hard time. Things are falling on mothers. But as a society, we have to we have to collectively reckon that against that now. So let's just admit that this is the first time in history since the Industrial Revolution that we've had our home life 
our work life, unless you're an essential worker, but your home life, your work life, your religious life, and your school life all under one roof. By the way, I saw you say that somewhere, and I have st- I've run with that. This is the first time since the Industrial yes. Revolution. I say it all I'm the time. I'm a little bit upset that she heard that because she said that to me at least four times. And I'm like, enough with that. We got it. <laughs> well, I think it's important because it gives it, yeah. give us some grace. Give ourselves some grace. Well, you seem smart like you know history. I am smart. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, when Eve tells me what to say, I'm yes. smart. But it's grace. Let's give ourselves some grace because this is not the way it was meant to be. We're supposed to have a social safety net. And we didn't have it to begin with in a lot of ways. But I do think this is a time where we can start resetting, reimagining what it looks like to be a worker. Look, it's not so bad to be the BBC dad. Fathers yeah. do, do want to have their kids in the picture He was doing really frame. great. Yeah. Um, we see paternity It's humanizing, leave. too. Humanizing, it's, right. I was so, going to say, I've... That's been something that's been really positive is I've taken some like big meetings with big people and to see them like their kid runs in or their dog is barking or to see like what books they have. There's a whole New York Times thing about when people do interviews, what books are on the bookshelf. Like it is humanizing. And I, I we need more of that. That's part of the reason why the world is the way it is right now is we're not thinking of people as fellow human beings. Absolutely. And I think the beauty of um Isabel Wilkerson actually talks about this in cast because I think racial justice and gender justice, right? They intersect and they need to intersect in lots of ways. But what she talks about so beautifully in cast is about this idea of radical empathy, right? Like what does it really mean? Not just to say I empathize with you, but to radically feel. And so I think in a lot of ways, like the amount of stress that so many women are under right now, we do empathize more with single mothers, right? We can empathize more maybe with the person down the street. We, we understand the beauty of community. I have so many um, amazing women and men telling me that they went back to live with their parents, but in the way it used to be shameful to say that to me because yep. and before COVID in my research, if people were living close to their family, it was always said with shame. And now I feel like it's said with some pride. Yeah. And so I want everybody to feel pride in their community, in their village, and to say, we cannot do this alone. We're not meant to do this alone. We've never done this alone. Yeah, it's not healthy for us to do it alone. Yeah. I wanted to, before, Carrie has a great question. Yeah, and then, yeah. There's one comment I wanted to get to. It's Judith Turto says, CP has totally changed how I think about household tasks. Oh, And thank she's you, totally Judith. right. But you should have heard, you should well, hear from thank the people. You. I really appreciate that. I think, again, back to what I love so much about this woman, Carol Dweck. And if you haven't read her work yeah. around the growth mindset, it's definitely something that kids get exposed to. This idea of the power of yet, right? Like I'm not a dancer yet. I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a mountain climber yet. So I think um, mindsets are really, really powerful. And so that's, again, if you can adopt even the idea of an ownership mindset, doesn't mean you have to do CPE for everything, but understanding that we trust each other as with an ownership mindset, it it can really start changing your life right away. So on the topic of the CPE mindset, so like I said, I put a lot of the fair play into the works in my relationship, but really the hardest thing, and me and my partner, Lee, will drink. Our drinking game is when we mention our partner in our relationship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm, almost, I'm almost out. Me and my partner are the same sign. We're both Aries. We're both very headstrong. We're both very like work for ourselves, minded, yes. headstrong people. We have a really hard time. So here we, we have a backup with cords. <laughs> we have a fancy trip to start and a backup with... We filmed in my house guys. and we are a fancy, fancy We are a high-low household here. <laughs> so one of the things that's been really hard is... It's really hard for us to give 100% of the task. Mm-hmm. Whatever task. Hey, well, give me, the, give me an example. So this, the podcast, for instance. So Matt and Lee, Matt is Ashley's husband and Lee is my partner. 
they help us on the podcast. They they're both in the music industry. They they do this stuff. So we have our we have Lee Lee's task is to help when we need equipment and then to edit the final final mix and edit of the podcast. Okay, but he also wants to be involved every other little step as well. <laughs> Which is nice. Which is nice. But by the way, that right. So that, I'm not hearing anything wrong with that yet from an organizational mindset. So, so far, that's good. Okay. Right. Or like, for instance, maybe I'm giving the wrong example. Like, <laughs> when I make a meal, I'm in charge of meals. I'm in charge of buying, preparing good. Okay. meals. Okay. He'll often at the very end be like, wouldn't you want to do it this way? And I'm like, right. no, if right. I wanted to do it that way, I would have done it that way. You know, okay, let's unpack that. I need to unpack two things there. All right. Oh, okay. God. Every time couples therapy today. <laughs> this is this is a good unpacking, though. So there's two things there that I think um, are very just small fixes. So first of all, I'm so glad you're owning that. I'm sure he would tell you he appreciates the fact that you're holding the meals card because that's and awesome. That was just the first thing that I was thinking of. But, but yeah, exactly. I do this to him, too. Exactly. I'm an equal. We, we both do the same thing. So, okay. So two things. One, I think... The beauty of, of learning the ownership mindset is sometimes because people are so headstrong and we're used to doing things on our own, especially if we're products of single mothers or you're yeah. a woman and you're, you know, you've had hard, more barriers. It is the two, there's, so there's two things that as an organizational management person, I will say that could be happening. One is that you forget to get the buy-in at the planning stage, right? So you're going to do vegan meals for a month because you went rogue and that's, it's your card. But you didn't really like check in with your partner that they may want to be eating like, you know, whatever, tempeh for the whole month. But the other thing that I noticed about even your example, whether it's real or not, is that it's the feedback in the moment that's so triggering. Yeah. So I think unpacking. It's the blueberry moment. Exactly. It's yeah. how you phrase it. And you're like, um, yes. no, I didn't. Did you? Yeah. But also Seth gave me feedback. So feedback in the moment actually unraveled my whole life to the point where I wrote a book about it. Right. So, so thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you, Seth. But I think what was so interesting as, so there was an inflection point in my life, right. Where I could have become, after I started really researching these issues and getting really depressed about the consciousness raising of women holding two thirds or more of what it takes to run a home and family, I could have gone one way and just gone really gray and lose my creativity and just do it all. Or I could put my ass in gear, right. And become my own client because I am a mediator and I work with highly complex families. And so it was doing that where I started realizing that I have to start implementing the communication techniques. Like when, like I've been, I've been thousands, like all of my, CLE work, everything is is conversations based, right? The power of the positive, no difficult conversations, being trained at the Harvard Negotiation Project because that's my law school. So this is my training, but it was so hard for me to use my voice in my own home. So I just want us to- Isn't that always the way it is? Yes. I think in a lot of ways it is. And it was, I just couldn't believe that I felt so assertive so so many other places. And then I couldn't, I didn't have a way to bring this up. So then I started to use, unpack sort of the three things I tell my families. And then I did, oh, I can do this because it's actually the exact same thing. So number one, when I work with the HBO show Succession type families, I say number one thing is to recognize your own vulnerability. So do we have time to do like a little vulnerabilities quiz? Y- yeah, sure. yeah, of course. I think it would be fun to do one. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to pull one out for you guys. Okay. So this is like a reverse newlywed game because this is what people can start <laughs> implementing today because this is really the beginning of what we were just talking about, about back to the opposite of why are you doing that way in the moment, right? The right. feedback of the moment. So and I'm going to Venmo you my therapist fee right after this, <laughs> as I usually thank you. I'd say that it's more life coaching and that it's, it's free. Um, 
It's, it's more expensive. It's yeah. Yeah. And also, you don't need all my baggage, so it's better to be life coaching. <laughs> yeah. than well, it's, like I said, I'm not a shoulder to cry on, but I am a mediator. And so I come at this as a legal mindset. I want everybody to customize their defaults and their expectations. That's what lawyers do. We help you do that so that your life is more in line to how you want it to be. There's no surprises. So this is really important because it really starts with communication. So who wants, can we both, you want to both, Ash, do you want to go first for me? Yeah, sure. What's your partner's name again? Matt. Okay, Matt. So this is the reverse newlywed game. So I'm going to read you the top seven vulnerabilities that from my mediation practice, I started to bring into fair play. Okay. So I'm going to ask you what you think Matt would say about you. So picture a last fight you had or when emotion was high, cognition was low. Okay. Sometime where there was some trigger. Okay. But would Matt say that you were long-winded when you responded, you know, wow, 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 you're talking, no one's listening? Two, sharp command, sir. Your drill sergeant tone and delivery isn't popular with the troops. Three, bad timing. You drop your grievances and requests for help into the conversation at inopportune moments. Oh my God, thank you so much for your help, honey. Your toes are curling right now. You forgot the dishwashing detergent again. Go back out to the store. Four, toxic word choice. I wasn't going to say anything, but I really hate it when you, or as my friend says, her husband calls her the verbal assassin when she says things like, I'm just so confused how you got to be such a terrible father. Oh, Um, that sounds like me. Yeah. Five, all or nothing. You never replace the toilet paper roll. You always leave the seat up. Six, dredging up the past. This is just like the last time you forgot to. Or seven, boiling over. I wasn't going to say anything. I really tried to avoid this conversation. I didn't say anything, but now I'm really pissed. How about they, all of the above? Can they say a combination? <laughs> well, yeah, of course, but I just want you to give me one. Like, what's, what's one that you think Matt would say about you? Um, definitely uh, the drill sergeant, the way, okay, I, so the way I say things to him. Okay. Um, um, what was the drill sergeant one? Yeah, that's sharp yeah. command. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, like, like, yeah, it's very direct and just like, like we got into a fight last night about him driving slow. And I was like, I just, why can't you just drive fast? Why? Just drive fast. You're going to miss the light. I yeah. like that because your entire demeanor changed actually just by reenacting that. That's, so I just that's, saw a totally different Ashley. But it's funny because it's funny when you, even when you start thinking about your vulnerabilities, you can. What's so beautiful. Thank you for being open and honest here. Of that's course. really helpful. But I think part of this is just understanding that there's, we all have a part to play, right? It's easy to blame. So, okay. So you tell me. So next. Yes. What's your part? Tell me, kid. What's your partner's name? Lee. Lee, right. So tell me what Lee would say about you. Um, I'm probably, um, what was the one that was like, I'm the, I'm the one where the bad words come out like a friend. Like what made oh, you such a terrible father? Yeah, right. You're a verbal yeah. assassin. I'm a verbal assassin. Yeah, and I, and then okay. goes, you know you can't take words back, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so what's so beautiful about both of those is that um, it's almost like I set you guys up. Is that that so you had a tone issue, and we're having a Word verbal issue. assassin issue, yes. right? So. Um, what I'm, what I'm going to say about those in common are that that's again, a feedback in the moment issue where when emotion is high, cognition is low. And that's when you're giving your, your feedback. So we can just back into really three steps that again, all come from your initial question about the, um, this is a long unpacked answer to the, why are you doing it that way? Because if you identify yourself, so number one is you're already communicating. So once I was able to say to myself, Hmm. I'm not the only one who can't use their voice in their home, but to say that I'm not communicating about domestic life is wrong 
because I just said to my husband that he was a terrible father and I verbally assassinated him. So I'm already communicating, right? It's like the woman who told me she hasn't communicated about domestic life. And then I found out she has an Instagram account called the shit my husband doesn't pick up. Um, <laughs> You're and, communicating it just in a yeah, different way. Exactly. So she's publicly shaming him on Instagram, right. but doesn't talk to me about domestic life. So, you know, we're already communicating, number one. Number I two, follow that account. well, first of all, two people randomly sent me DMs on Instagram saying, how did you know about me? And I said, what, there's more than one account? I don't know about you. <laughs> and then um, a woman in Japan actually has a, the most fo- followed account, her Japanese version of the shit my husband doesn't pick up. Yeah. So number one is recognize you're already communicating and own your vulnerability because then there can be more humor. You can say, yes, I'm being the verbal assassin again. Number two is really, really recognize that feedback in the moment is toxic. Even if you someone's loading the dishwasher the wrong way, even if the dinner is not what you want it to be, having Lee say that to you in the moment is never going to change your behavior. In fact, if, why did you put the hot sauce in? You're going to want to triple the hot sauce, right? right it's exactly. going to have the opposite reaction. And so, the, so if you recognize that you already have vulnerabilities, if you can name them, if you can stop giving feedback in the moment, and then finally... The third step is then to find a time when you can talk when you're not giving feedback in the moment. And that's been the hardest thing for me and Seth, but it became like exercise. It took about a year for us to check in every day, to do 10 minutes a day and say, this is just like exercise. We have to do it. We don't want to do it. But by the end of our check-in, we were so much happier. And now it's become a practice. So when you can treat communication as a practice and have that check-in, it really does change everything because it's not, you're not always talking about who does what. Sometimes you're just checking in to say, like, how are you, how are you feeling? But then the next night you can say, next time, please, honey, like, don't put the Tabasco into the, you don't know. Don't the entire thing in there. Yeah, exactly. Like, it didn't, it, it didn't taste good to me. And, you know, so that's it. Those are really, like, the things we can start today. Um, some communication tweaks that really, really have changed my life. Eve, I love you. You're just so insightful. Let me ask you this, this quick question before we we. Figure out our giveaway winner. Yes. What has been your personal greatest challenge in COVID? In oh, all of a, this? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, for Mine me, has been getting my hair done. No, just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I think for me, it's managing the interruptions. Yes. Um, for that's it, it's this idea that I have it even on my wall, right? About boundaries, right? So systems for me were really easy. The communication became easy over time. But in my formula of the three things I need to have a healthy life, it's boundaries, systems, and communication. So systems and fair play, Seth and I, thank God they've been really important during this time. Communication, our check-in has been like gold for us. And you started it before this, so it's... Exactly. But it was the boundaries um, of letting my kids interrupt me every second during the day and not saying like, I have a permission to be unavailable to my own work. So I think that's been the hardest thing to recognize I have my own permission to be unavailable. Yeah. And then always batting back that, that guilt and shame when it sort of surfaces up. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people are, that resonates with a lot of people. Amen, sister, is all I yeah. can say about that. Yeah. Are you ready to announce the winner of this beautiful Fair Play gift set? Yay. Carrie, yes. do you have, do you have the story? All right, here we go. I had my husband watch my two children for an entire day while I went out with my girlfriends, and he forgot to feed the children the entire day. Mm, wow. Oh, Jonna, we feel so sorry for you. <laughs> so, is that Jonna? Yes. So Jonna gets our Fair Play gift Yay. box. Thank you so much. We won't call child services 
on your husband. I can't. I can't honestly call, call child services on anyone if I'm not calling it on myself. You know, like it's just not. Listen, I, I have. I have oftentimes forgot to feed Luna until the very end. Oh yeah, until they're complaining and you're like, oh, that's shit. what's wrong. That's what's wrong. That's uh-huh. what's wrong. Uh huh. Exactly. Well, Eve, let me just tell you, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much again for writing this book above all, because it really has been so, so helpful. Coming from not a business background at yes. all, having those those three things as a way to kind of like help your household yeah. made a huge difference. And, and also, thank you, thank you for, for being a friend to the montage. Yes. Oh, I yeah, you guys are great. And really, thank you. Keep creating thank during you. hard times because creativity is linked, like I said, to mental health outcomes. It's linked to longevity, especially during times of uncertainty. So it's, it's the only thing that's made me feel better in all of this. Yeah. Completely yeah. Honest, so. And when this is all over, we're going to come to California and buy you a real Long Island. <laughs> yes. I will buy the best. Well, thank you so much. You have a great day. Well, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh my God. I love her. I know. I love her so much. All right. Listen, we are running low on time. We're going to sweaty as hell. I am need to get out of here. All kinds curtains. of things happening. We know we're running long, but when Eve Rodsky wants to tell you how to function in life, you don't fight her. Hashtag swag bag. We're going to do our hashtag swag bags for you guys. Mine are these vote by mail socks that I purchased with my own money. I love them. I don't know why. Who's, I who's other money? I mean, let me wear it. They didn't gift it to me or oh, anything. They're cool socks. Sometimes they gift us stuff. I know. This, this is like, oh, I just really money. wanted these. I saw them. I fell in love with them. I got them at social-goods.com. 50% of this purchase is donated to When We All Vote, a nonprofit and nonpartisan organization on a mission to close all gaps, including race and age in voter participation. And who doesn't like a good tube sock? And also, like, they're so cute. So cute. So cute. So, um, they were $13, and 50% goes to, to helping people vote, because you know what? It's our job. Whoa, Ashley's fired up. All right, mine is Roll H. <laughs> Never has there been a more, I'm a geriatric mom, had a swag bag, as Roll H. Now, what you can't hear is these are almost done. Um, <laughs> I chow down on Rolaids pretty regularly for my stress ulcer that I'm growing in my body. Probably the Coors Light isn't helping. I've been taking Rolaids for a very long time. True story, they're very hard to find in New York, so my mom buys me boxes of them from New Jersey. So I actually did not pay for this with my own money. My mommy bought it. Hashtag sponsored. Hashtag sponsored by my mother, which some of my life has been Linda. sponsored by my mother. And all I gotta say is Rolaids, it goes to work instantly and it, they don't lie. I usually have to take like five of them but these stressful times where i'm often finding myself eating an amy's organic pizza at three o'clock in the morning from insomnia how do you have more to say about rollades <laughs> do the right thing do the right thing rollades or who's who makes rollades you know sanify company reach out be the sponsor of this geriatric mom she doesn't show. stop guys this is my life. Okay, my Anyway, <laughs> what a great show. Thank you to you guys for tuning in. Come back next week. Uh, same time, same place. Our guest is going to be Nicole Ryan of XM Radio's Morning Mashup. She's going to be co-hosting be, with us the whole show. She's going to be there the whole show. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be a little We're going to hot goss. We're going to play games. It's going to be so good. Get so ready. Good. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. 
We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.